We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC and Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and please welcome this week's gang. It's Alice Fraser, James Colley and Tommy D. Yay! Yay! But first, let's check that you are up with this week's news. Whose conversations are suitable for the dear departed or at least the departing dear? Hurtful. I find this a hurtful, hurtful story (laughs) on a personal, deeply personal level. Uh, This is the story, of course. Uh, I mean uh, to bring it up, really. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so mean. I just can't believe all the voices. Uh, This is the story of a a Tasmanian researcher uh, who is uh, coming to the conclusion that by playing human voices where where deer are not welcome, mm-hmm. the human voices will frighten off the deers. Not any, she, in her research, not any not human voice. No, she is, she's using Richard Feidler. <laughs> <laughs> and we have long argued that Richard Feidler has never talked to anyone that is of any interest to deer <laughs> in any fashion. Yeah. Because deer really don't like sad endings. <laughs> and every one of Richard Feidler's conversations has such sadness somewhere yeah. inside it. Mm. It just hurts deers. Ever since Bambi, deers want happy endings. Yeah, yeah. that's what I did. So I've talked to the researcher, and uh, she, so she puts it up on the... Uh, I think, to be honest, she's using Feidler because there's so many hundreds of podcasts. So she's got this, mm. this store of audio, mm. and so she's got it on a tree and a loudspeaker, and as soon as Feidler's voice, oh, this is a conversation... As soon as it happens, the deer's ears go up, they look around startled, and then they run for the hills. Mm. Well, They're I mean, going off to buy the latest memoir from whoever they're <laughs> listening to. As a podcaster, I think this is really upsetting because I was hoping to expand into the burgeoning deer market. Yeah. Um, or the repelling deer market. I mean, I think this says something really profound about podcasts, which is that you only listen to podcasts when you're in the mood for them. Unlike this, unlike radio, which sort of comes into your world and is therefore sort of... Whether fairly, you want it or whether not. Whether you want it or not, but you sort of tune in or tune out and it's sort of inoffensive. But if somebody plays you a podcast that you don't want to listen to. If somebody yeah. comes in and Joe yeah. Rogan's you without your consent, <laughs> you flee for That's hills. That's a verb, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yes. would that be the concern? I mean, like she, I, would she have had to have been very careful in her choice? Because what if she had decided... There's also hundreds of hours of Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah, yeah. you could radicalise these That's deer. what I mean. <laughs> oh, my, yeah. What's happened to the deer? They're now tech bros. They yeah. bought shares yeah. in Bitcoin. Rudolph the red-hatted reindeer is now... Yeah. They're all Rudolph high on ivermectin. The red-pilled reindeer. They're this refusing is, vaccines. This is actually a really useful thing. I know the ABC has been trying it out itself. They're using Frankly recordings to keep young people off the main station. <laughs> That's a, you're not allowed to get mad at me for that. Ida, if you're listening... <laughs> but I, I know Fidler's offended or not. I mean, maybe he's pleased. Maybe he's well. It's his, his long-held vendetta against the deer. <laughs> is this is what this is what he's been doing all these conversations for. Yeah, no, it would be look, sad if he is trying to bridge the gap between them. And every time he opens his mouth, their ears prick up and they're gone. <laughs> they're gone. Yeah, well, I'm only jealous, of course, that they haven't used TGIF. <laughs> now, that's uh, why it was hurtful. That's why I was starting yeah, out exactly. Now, who who ten years I could have used it? <laughs> who arrived this week just in time to make up the numbers? 
Well, this is the story. Uh, quite a few people have arrived. This is the eighth billion baby born. Tuesday. Tuesday, the eighth billionth baby. Uh, all the breakfast shows cover this. We're following this on Question Everything. All the breakfast shows cover this with a birth counter that was slightly above a death counter, and they were both moving at a rapid pace. So it was a real which side are we cheering on here? <laughs> the real Melbourne Cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought, you know, both Alice and I recently, we've done our part. I was going to say, like, I had my daughter before it was cool, but I think it's more accurate <laughs> that we had our daughter one of the last times it will ever be cool ever again. Because you You've, you've both got relatively new children, right? Yeah, uh, under one. Your, your uh, daughter's just turned one. Mine turns one on Tuesday. Like, yeah. we're, we just got ahead of the trend. We're yeah, like, race, you're did, never going to beat me in. <laughs> <laughs> did you hear it's peak childhood? I mean, this is the other part of the research is mm. that they, the UN now think that over time the Earth's population will start to go down rather than up mm-hmm. and that actually it's peak child at the moment. There are more children on the planet now than there have ever been in the past or there ever will be in the future. Or as I like to think of it, children born this week are the least valuable children in human history. (laughs) I feel like the only job options for this generation is going to be influencer... Influencer of influencers or Thunderdome gladiator. Yeah. There's only two forks in history. These two kids are going to be in classes of 35, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, They're exactly. going to be fighting for attention. Are you worried about the fact that there are 8, 8 billion people on this planet? 8 billion? I'm worried that the UN is saying this is the peak because it seems to suggest they know they're not doing their job that well. <laughs> like, there's a big population right now, but in the next few years, ooh, it's going to look pretty nasty. But I also am a little bit nervous about the same kind of research because it feels like they may know some sinister thing. <laughs> that we don't know. It's not because we're slowly going to breed less. It's because something terrible is going to happen. Elon Musk is going to cut sh- the numbers down so low. Elon Musk is going to ship at least a billion to Mars as indentured servants. Did you see that he was saying he would have people to Mars who couldn't afford it, but they'd just have to be indentured servants? And you're like, whoa. He, really? could run, he could run Twitter from Mars with the indentured servants. He's that reading would... the same sci-fi books as I am, but I don't think he thinks the same people are the heroes. <laughs> but that was the whole joke in Hitchhiker's Guide is that, you know, they originally they made this idea they're going to ship everybody off planet and they shipped all the people that cleaned phones and had all these terribly insignificant jobs <laughs> and the idea was that the rich people were just getting rid of them. And then uh, a couple of years later, they all died because all their phones were dirty. <laughs> <laughs> be, careful who, be careful who you ship off. Uh, now, who has flagged that he wants to again be star of the stars and stripes? Couldn't be a bigger day. Couldn't be a bigger this day. This was Tuesday too, wasn't it? I mean, oh, it you was know, Wednesday. You know, that was, it was. It was peak baby. <laughs> 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 and nobody's going to be out babied on peak baby day than the biggest baby in the world, Donald P. Trump. Uh. is coming back. He's coming back. Either, and I loved how he kept hinting at it. You know, I got a big surprise. Just, I got a big announcement coming up. So I'm going to want to say some stuff. You just stick around. I'm going to say that. What are we going to talk about? I, heard, I, was, I was desperately hoping it was a makeup line. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was really. I've decided to get out of it. I'm going back to stakes and universities. <laughs> Didn't work out so well the first time, like the presidency, but I'm thinking I can get one of those right. I'm going to get one of them right. <laughs> uh, so, but what is interesting this time is that I, I think it's interesting that no one is as rattled. You know, this time <laughs> the forces are aware he must be dealt with. But also he comes in at a, he's at low ebb. Republicans are at low ebb. You know, it's not nearly the firestorm. Well, he hasn't got, he hasn't got, he hasn't got the dirty digger behind him. He hasn't got Murdoch. No, Murdoch told him. 
Yeah. No, man. No, man. No, man. So the New York Post, the front page, has got a normal you know, crime mm. story and then the banner really across the bottom in quite small print says, Florida man about to make an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like when they said Neighbours is coming back. It's not going to be the same. <laughs> it looks the same, but it's not going to be the same. I thought this, what was interesting about this was the story of Gina Reinhardt attending the announcement and being snapped in the background of an Eric Trump uh, shot, yeah. an Eric Trump selfie. So with- Eric Trump is taking a picture of his wife, right? And mm-hmm. so he's doing the, the usual selfie thing. And, well, you're... You're Gina Reinhardt in this. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I'd love to be this version of the channel. <laughs> so she's not exactly photobombing it. It's in an, no, she's I don't know what the word there. is. She's unintentionally. She's set dressing yes. it. Big footing. <laughs> <laughs> I am so angry about this. Somebody had the unmitigated gall to say me the other day, oh, Donald Trump's back in the news. That must be fun for you as a satirist or somebody who does a lot of writing for you know, things like the News Quiz yeah, or the yeah. Bugle. And I'm like, do you understand? how impossible it is to write a new and interesting joke about Donald Trump. That you say something original or or genuine. I I mean, uh, Donald Trump never has so much hot air lifted so few balloons. Donald Trump, (laughs) he's like an outstretched hand covered in chip shop fish grease. Donald Trump, uh, they say he's afraid of stairs. Maybe that's why he never takes the moral high ground. Donald Trump, he's the bad apple. Maybe that's why he's orange. That's four. That is one month into a four-year term. Do you understand? Yes. And also, there isn't a lot of satire about taking something and then just making it sort of 30% more extreme. Yeah, that's how we came up with him. <laughs> <laughs> In your comedy lab. <laughs> and then release him. This is, though, a massive, massive win for the Australian netball team. They have yeah. absolutely crushed this one. <laughs> like, well, you know what? I think we're on the right side of this. <laughs> this is two big wins from them in as many weeks, I think. They're... But, but I, I read today that she's part of Gina, Gina Reinhardt is part of some group of uh, very wealthy the women. Trumpets. Trump Trumpets. The trumpets, which is a fantastic name for it, for blowhards. Yeah. <laughs> like, so they're very wealthy women who are, sort of travel around and cheer squad Donald Trump. Mm, yeah, it's um, there's a technical term for it, which is deeply sad. Like, <laughs> if, if you are that rich, there is an island somewhere. Like, you've destroyed most of the world. Just go live in the few places that are still quite nice and ride it out until then. I did like, though, part of her trumpets run was a return of Gina Reinhardt's poetry. Uh, has reappeared, and no. if you have never witnessed, it's actually quite like Vogon poetry. I was going to say, it feels more like Hitchhiker's Guide. The Vogons are back. I mean, the, the deeply upsetting thing about Gina Reinhardt's poetry is that it, unlike most poetry existing in the world right now, is engraved on rock. So mm. this is what people of the future will believe represents <laughs> our greatest art. Yeah, their, their analysis will be, mm, glad they're dead. <laughs> now you're going to, I, I don't know about Gina Reinhardt, so you're going to have to tell me about that. What's the poetry? Uh, so, so, well, in what form does it come? Oh, it comes in very... I will, I will bring up a poem and perform a dramatic reading for you <laughs> as we go it, along tonight. It's carved into the rock and it has... Uh, it has is some, it really carved into the yes, rock? Yes, genuinely it's carved into the rock. It's, it's got classic stuff about immigrant worker legislation, <laughs> as all great yeah, poetry does. Right. I was, I, so copying Shelley yet again. <laughs> Our Future. By Gina Ryan. Oh, okay, this is, you've just found this on the net, right? This is on the, the Genius Lyrics website. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the globe is sadly groaning with debt, poverty and strife. No insight on who's doing that. And billions are now pleading to enjoy a better life. Their hope lies with resources buried deep within the earth and the enterprising capital which give each project worth. Now, this goes on 
for a very <laughs> long time. Well, I'll say that Paradise Lost, and people think that's good. <laughs> and both feature Satan as the lead. <laughs> very good. Yes. Alice Fraser, James Colley, Tommy Dean. Thank God, God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. With some extra work from Gina Reinhardt. Thank you for your copyright. Um, now, uh, the makers of The Crown have been criticised for casting Dominic West as Prince Charles on the grounds that he's too handsome and too sexually confident to play the prince in this period of his life. What roles have the casting agents got wrong and what parts do you think you could play more convincing than the actor they actually chose? Tommy Dean. So many. I'd like to think that I could have been one of the Spider-Men. Mm. You know, the, 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 Spiders Man. Spiders Man. Spider Men's. <laughs> spider Eyes. <laughs> There's so many spiders. The Spideyverse is so full. And I just, I think they lacked that one that really just didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of them were committed to doing good. They're all so committed yeah. to doing good. And off of the back, all of them, you know, sort of have the same origin story. You know, their uncle is terribly murdered and they feel the need to take up the mantle of justice uh, with a little bit of help from a radiative. Radioactive spider. Mm. Uh, but I would just like to think there was just, you know, like one parallel where I would be, I think, well suited um, to like pick up the powers and just, you know, why are you climbing up the side of the wall? Because uh, the lift was too full. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't feel like wearing a mask. And they're like, what are you doing now? Nothing. Yeah. But they killed your uncle. He's kind of a jerk. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. Dude, dude, you, but, you, you know, with uh, great power comes on. a series of short yeah. life hacks. <laughs> right. There's so many people. Why would we get so worked up over one of them? Have you practiced at home just to see if you've got the skills to do it? Well, yeah. I mean, like, 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 the remote control is kind of like my web slinger. <laughs> you know, come with a whack. SBS. Come with a whack. iView. Come with a whack. Netflix. You know, like that. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. I think I could do that. And I, and, I, and there's something I was I actually wore a Spider-Man costume for Halloween one year, and um, kept catching myself in the mirror. And I just think a certain paunch suits him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's always so fit and trim. I think there was just something liberating about because a, little... a, lot, a lot of spiders have extended abdomen. Exactly, right? that was what they that's where they, they keep, that's where they keep the web, right? Yeah. And I just thought a little bit of paunch just said, you know, I'm comfortable with who I am. And I'm going <laughs> to go out on a limb here and say, at some point in your life, I think you had a relationship with Mary Jane. Oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> And that's why I'm very happy to web up in the corner. <laughs> I like to I like to keep my snacks, you know, sort of wrapped up. Yeah, but it's right. I kind of I, I I'm not a science, a science uh, expert here, but I think they do keep their webs in their abdomen. So really, when you look at a, a chap like yourself or, or myself, you should be saying, "Got a lot of web, mate." Mm, there. Yeah, a lot of web. My web. Gee whiz, you you've got a big web, you know. <laughs> and then my wife, you know, be like, "Why are there so many cobwebs?" Well, my buddies. I'm not dusting. What am I, some sort of destructor? This is who I support now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're much nicer. Well, also, you'd be using them for little tips, climbing tips and mm. stuff like that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't want to go overboard with it. You know, it would be fun occasionally to, I think, sling through the city. <laughs> you know, during rush hour yeah. or something, it'd be all like, screw you, Uber surge. Yeah. <laughs> well, given the state of public transport, it'd be faster yeah. to get around. Yeah. Never or, you know, just like hold the door on the train. I wouldn't necessarily, because it'd probably get tiring. Now that I think about it, <laughs> every week like, you come in here, hold the door. We, we hit this... you with a newspaper and you run away. <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, he does do that. I've always wondered with with Spider Man versus where he, if he's just leaving web dangling off things. Like presumably it's quite sticky. Are there just sort of trapped drones everywhere? In yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, 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 I, I agree. It was the same with the Silver Surfer. Yeah, yeah, like ice everywhere. 
Just everywhere. <laughs> just, you know, not, not, not the normal destruction that we know the superheroes bring yeah. to a metropolis. Just, but just, just all the so But maybe there's dietrics. a super duster character <laughs> yeah. who goes and... Just every now I'm and then. cleaning up this town. Yeah. <laughs> sort of Mary Poppins with magical skills as well to clean it up. Yeah. Well, maybe yeah. I turned okay, that into my thing. So <laughs> Tommy Dean is Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, James Colley, who, who could you play better than the, the casting that they've actually done? I'd make a better pig than Babe. I think I've got heart of gold. I know how to work my way around a farm. I think I'll be all right. I've always wanted to be the first guy to die in a war film as well. Because uh-huh. you get to be so selfish. Like, do this for me. And, like, we barely know you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. second scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I've always wanted to be the the um, the betraying scientist on some sort of apocalypse oh, movie. Great. The one who, like, in the middle of outer space is like, I can't hack it anymore. And, like, starts trying to open <laughs> the airlock. And someone has to slap me in the yeah. face and say, Snap out of it, Stanley. That's what <laughs> I would love just once of those. You know how they always have the scientists that no one listens to from the very start? I would love that they finally listen to him, they try his idea, and it doesn't work, and they realise, no, we were right. We were right to ignore this guy the whole time. Well, so you, you do the whole, the whole, uh, the whole uh, climate disaster. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be fine. fine. Yeah, it's actually worked out fine. <laughs> Snap out of it, Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> Seems rude, though. You know, I always wonder if critics are being rude on purpose. Just... Well, he is. No, because they're being nice about Dominic West in a way. They're saying, man, you're too sexy. You're too handsome. Yeah. But I mean, I mean that's a kind of compliment. But I mean, it's a, back, a, back, a backhanded slash. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, because they're saying you're too sexy to act unsexy. Yeah. Yeah, you're too sexually confident to act But it's also like a little slap at the king. Yeah. Yeah, well, true. it is a slap at the king. Yeah. Yeah. You know, off like, with their heads. You yeah, mean. who do you think? Who do you think? I don't know why this, where this image of, of uh, Charles's unsexually confident has come up. People, I mean, people have read that letter, right? That he wrote to, <laughs> like, that's pretty. That's, that's confident. Yeah, that is a big move. Like, you don't say that if you're not pretty sure of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but there's another part of him which is a little bit kind of uh, cringing, isn't there? A little bit kind of no, diffident. See, I mean, that is the nature of, of British aristocracy, though, because they wield so much power that they have to pretend that they don't. Oh, that, I see. Uh, yeah. It's a sort of a false modesty. A false like, modesty. Look at me. The, 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 Holly, the Hollywood, the Hollywood actor has no power, but is acting as if he does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about those, like the high school shows where everyone's there in the school classroom mm-hmm. doing their maths or their science and they've all got their long 32-year-old legs yeah. stuck under a small desk and are <laughs> pretending to be 16? Yeah, one of them is Dominic West there <laughs> yeah. just doing trigonometry. Yeah, yeah. Every, show, every high school show. They, they, I read today that, uh, that Fo- uh, Henry Winkler mm-hmm. is 29 when he plays Fonz, is supposed to be 19. By the end of the 17 series they did of Happy Days, he was 39. Yeah. That kind of makes sense as well because, on reflection, Fonz is a bit of a loser. Heck, yeah. <laughs> am I the coolest guy in this diner? Yeah. I'll yeah. fix the jukebox for you. Well, you How think many he re- times have you failed maths? <laughs> he repeated first form fifteen times. He ended up living above their garage. The Fonz was not doing as well as we think. Alice <laughs> Fraser, James Colley, and Tommy Dean uh, with us. By the way, Tommy is tomorrow night uh, playing at the Point Cafe in Avoca Beach, so which tomorrow, is right near the water, which is on yeah. the bay. I'll be on the bay. Where the winds are. Where the winds are fresh. Are fresh, yeah. Point Cafe, Avoca Beach tomorrow night for Tommy Dean. Uh, now It's now official, I think, now, now that Jimmy Barnes has sung a, a Christmas song. It's on. So here's my question. What are the pitfalls of Christmas that must be avoided if we are all to have a happy, festive season? Alice Fraser. 
I mean, uh, as somebody who grew up with a sort of an unorthodox Christmas, my, my, my parents are uh, Buddhist, um, my dad's side of the family is Jewish, my mum's side of the family were lapsed Catholics. So we've, we've got a real uh, melange of Christmas traditions. I would say your, your big no-no, uh, and I'm sure all families can relate to this, is don't put the gefilte fish into the matzo ball soup. That's, <laughs> you know, the, the Christmas matzo ball soup uh, yeah, that you yeah, have. Mm, yeah, it's tra- as, as is traditional. <laughs> we have the, my mother so you my... are not the queen of Christmas. I am not I'm the queen of Christmas. I'm not the queen I, of I, Christmas. I'm the pawn of Christmas. To be fair, the king of Christmas traditionally was not Catholic either. <laughs> 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 the big, the, the food thing, of course, in Australia is: do you do the traditional English thing, which involves a lot of hot mm. oven work with sweat pouring over you in a hundred degree heat, and trying to stuff, shove hot food into people yep. as rapidly as possible? Or do you go the, you know, the prawns on the beach? And all I mean, that? I love an Australian Christmas. There is nothing more beautiful to me than plastic snow melting in forty degree heat, <laughs> than, than a mall Santa just sweating through <laughs> some uncomfortable felt outfit. I, I find it polyester outfit just horrendous. Yeah. I like having to skip through the song to be like, how do I make this gravy? Okay, now I need to give my love to Angus. Where's, where's Angus? Okay, I need Frank, Dolly. I did. Can I share with you my favourite? I was playing this. My favourite Christmas memory Yay. is um, I was out at Picton visiting my family and there's a small shopping centre in Picton and there was a little boy out the front playing Christmas carols on his trumpet and he finished playing Jingle Bells and then he was clearly out of songs and he looked around and then he started playing The Last Post. And I took an intake of breath to laugh and my wife threw me physically into a country target so I could not laugh at this child. <laughs> my my favourite Christmas memory is my Hungarian grandmother coming in a Santa beard and Santa outfit with a sack of toys and I genuinely thought that Santa had a Hungarian accent and was a lady in a beard yeah. until I was about 12. Yeah, well, you know, that's the best Santa. My favourite Christmas Santa. memory is my grandfather was the mall Santa for our small rural town mm-hmm. uh, in the farmland there and then and, um, uh, but there was a short time when I was seven where that was kind of the back end of Pops drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the back end of Pops drinking. But he would come home. He means the bottom of the bottle. Yeah. <laughs> but he would be, uh, there's, there's something uh, quite memorable. Uh, you knew it was Pops, but he was sitting there at the table in his Santa suit and he would like just, you know, tip little, like, like he wasn't like a drunkard, but you know, he would just like little tips of whiskey into his coffee and then like just, like he had his own beard. It wasn't a fake beard. He was uh-huh. fully Santa face. And then just sitting there in his cap. And, you know, that, it just, like, just, like every description ever of, you know, his cheeks are with a rosy yeah. and a y- little yes. twinkle in his eye. Yes. As he'd like wink at you as you walk past. And, hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> no, Rudolph is guarding the that's, slate because Santa right. is drunk behind that's the right. wheel. He's, he, he needs a, a, a designated driver. Yeah, that's, that's what why Rudolph we never Thomas. hear the sequels of, of, of uh, Christmas carols because they're all like Santa threw up behind the bushes. <laughs> the miracle on 34th Street is there wasn't a head on. <laughs> so I was like at, at, at home on Christmas Day, like does, uh, does your mother cook or what, what, what happens? Is all the relatives come, the, the, the strange old bachelor well, back farmers. In the day, I mean, now we are Australians, so in our Australian Christmas here, we put up a Christmas branch. We gave a, up, a gum tree. We gave up on the tree. Yeah. Uh, no, so we, uh, eucalypt, you mean? We, no, we repurposed some scrap from the secret forest in the park out the front of our house. Uh, so you cut down a tree in no, the local no, park? We, no, we pick up some sticks that have a bit of green left on them and we bandy them together around what's left of a stump of an artificial tree that we used to have. It's kind of like Ikebana, isn't it? Yeah. yeah great. And then we, then we put up a few lights and I have a, 
a, a deer we bought from Big W years ago. That have you, you played a conversation? Like a lawn deer. But he's listened to too much <laughs> Richard Feiler, so part of his head dangles in a most grotesque angle. It was beautiful just watching everyone leap for that joke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Elbows out like a... But that's what it feels like, because we don't do Halloween, but every time I put up our very sad cast of uh, for Walmart Christmas decorations, I feel like we're doing Christmas-Halloween <laughs> combination. You know, yeah. one of the deer's heads works at a weird angle, and, <laughs> and like one of the wise men in the nativity scene has clearly seen better days. <laughs> Okay, they're the great philosophical questions, James Colley. Uh, real tree, fake tree? I would say real tree. Yeah. But. No, I'm just going to say real tree. I've got nothing okay. else for you got, like you, got a, you got a toddler, or are you going to secure the toddler or the tree? Because you've oh. got to secure one or the other. I think just let it go as a way. The, the angel wound up under the tree somehow. <laughs> Put the toddler on the top of the tree as the angel. Exactly. That's a nice just, setup. You know, take them to the top of the tree. Uh, hot food, cold food. Ah, hot food. Hot food. I've got to, got to have the roast. I've got to be uncomfortable the whole time. <laughs> that is insane, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, but we're, that's part of Christmas. We're British to the bootstraps here. <laughs> because your choices are roast and some discomfort or, like, financial ruin. Yeah. The yeah. prawns. Because you bought the prawns. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Also, like, you can come back for the roast, but at a certain point, every time you go for seconds, thirds, around fourths, you are taking a gastronomical <laughs> risk every time you go back for these prawns and been sitting out. How, uh, how early is too early for the child to get up? Uh, five o'clock? Well, currently she is negotiating about 3 and 4 a.m. So. <laughs> what percentage of the annual sugar production of Queensland can be eaten by the child before 6 o'clock? Uh, however much I don't get to because I'm the sweet tooth in our family oh, okay. and uh, I also am a very fond of a Santa Brow, which is a beer with a candy cane in it. Yeah. Is, that, is that right? I learned it from Tommy's Copa. Yeah, you'd be fond of that. So what is it? You like slowly stir a, stir a candy cane mm. through a beer. That yeah. sounds like... Putting toothpaste into your orange juice, yeah. like I, I can't, I can't get. I'm around just saying, that. I like it. Yeah, no, no, no you don't drink Santa it. Santa a good part of your life, <laughs> but this is a thing, is it? Yeah, I mean, it was what? like with warm. Like I, I like the idea of like uh, the hot drinks, like hot glue, buttered glue, rum. Glue vine. No, no, glue vine's the isn't that like the mulled wine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the hot buttered rum is basically like a spiced ice cream that you then dollop into warmed rum, mm. and it's like a hot latte. Yeah. With benefits. <laughs> Are you allowed to do the kissing under the missile's toe uh, with COVID? Oh, yeah. Is that so that's, that's what the season needs is more not consent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when Me Too start, they should have been like, all right, we're just getting rid of yeah. mistletoe. <laughs> it's about breaking and entering. <laughs> it, it, it is all over. Now, you ready for the Wheel of Death? Oh, yeah, Christmas okay. edition. Christmas edition. Uh, I've just got to pull it here. Uh, hang on. Sorry. I clear. You guys, we didn't talk about oh, Christmas God. Eve, though. Christmas Eve. Yeah, Christmas Eve. How do you feel about Christmas, Adam, the day before Christmas Eve? Because I'm trying to get this branding across. It comes just before Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve so, is the best thing, isn't it? Christmas because, Eve is the best thing. Because you lie with the little kids. You lie in bed with the little kids and you listen and you listen for the moment that the hmm. the hooves land on the roof and it's fantastic. I always thought Christmas Eve was where the magic was. Christmas Day was where the disappointment started. <laughs> I feel my child is too young for the wonder of Christmas. She's still into the wonder of having hands. <laughs> it's pretty great, though. I'm not really over that. I'm in my Spider-Man face. <laughs> uh, Re Spider-Man, Spider, Spider-Man. This is on the text. Spider-Man's man's webs break down after a couple of hours, Tommy. 
So well, you don't need Mary Poppins I to clean up afterwards. I feel better about my position now. Yeah. We all break down after a couple of hours. <laughs> I have to say I'm proud that I didn't know that. <laughs> well, ironically, a lot of venom in that. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Dentist, call centre, French food, cop-outs, speed limits, taxidermy, c- catastrophe. you taxidermy a few times. Yeah, <laughs> someone's, got, someone's got a problem. <laughs> uh, cat- catastrophe, skipping rope, uh, Crocodiles, cabbage, longing, longing. I quite like that, longing. Cockroach, mullet, cactus. And we're back to dentists. Which one's full, you're full of fear? Tommy Dean. Yeah, taxidermy, only because uh, it was one of our grandest moments the last time. <laughs> the last time it came up. <laughs> round and round and round it goes where it stops. No one knows today's topic for the Wheel of Death. I just saw Cabinet of Curiosities. Have you seen that on Netflix? Is Cactus. Cactus. Oh, what? Cactus. Spiking it in my hometown. Cactus. Oh, yeah. I grew up with them. I know everything about cactus. Ask me a question. Arizona man gets cactus as a topic. in cactus. Did you know that the arm of a saguaro takes 100 years to generate? So every time you're seeing one of those things hold up an arm, that's another 100 years. Some of that's not entirely true. But that's what we say. <laughs> that's what we say. Probably going to take about 40 years. <laughs> People are proud of ta- their cactus in Arizona. Oh, I'm so proud. Uh, well, and they're mighty. I mean, they're, of course they're mighty. They're mighty. They're, they're the great surrenderers of the desert. They've given themselves to the great harshness and responded in kind. They are magnificent. Uh, and, they, and they are responsible for some of my early formation of humor because it is against the law, because of how long it takes for Soros to grow, it is against the law to shoot them. And <laughs> I want you to know how very hard it is. <laughs> To put into law in Arizona anything that has to take away shooting. <laughs> so that's, the, that's the one thing you're not allowed to shoot. The very fact that Saguaros have more rights against being shot than people. So what's this, word you keep, what's this word you keep using, Saguaros? Saguaro is a type of cactus. It's okay. the classic cactus, you know, the tall middle with the arms okay. out. Is that why it has its arms yeah. out? <laughs> <little surrender>. <laughs> shooting. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. To be fair, if it's trespassing, it's doing it very slowly. Very slowly. <laughs> and more, there are more than uh, one incident of people taking the shooting saguaro thing not seriously, and the saguaro in its death fall strikes back. Yeah, because they are tricky in their height; they're much bigger than you think when you first approach them, and they get shot. You tend to shoot the base of them, and they're, they're they, they fall on top fall of you. on top of you, and wow. they're full of giant spikes. Yeah, so it, you've pretty much Iron Maiden yourself as your last moment. Gee, that's good, isn't it? So Very good. hard to claim innocent so, too. So like, it, it started that I was firing in self-defense. <laughs> and of course, you have uh, the barrel cactuses, and uh, you have the peyote cactus. Uh, very common for uh, not common, very popular uh, for its psychotropic mm-hmm. uh, buttons that get made in tea for various um, religious incidents. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do they make a, do they make tequila and tequila comes from. God. Agave. Uh, agave. Yeah, you're right. Agave yeah, yeah. It's from mockingbirds. But is agave from the cactus? I know I claim so cactus f- is my expert topic, but I really just meant saguaro. <laughs> <laughs> I just really meant saguaro. I should have just said saguaro. Because uh, we were the next district over. I went to Dobson High School, but we were right next to uh, Saguaro High School, which is one of our great rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I got a famous song about the saguaro cactus, right? It's, I am a man of constant saguaro. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Were they spiky competitors? They're spiky. And then there's the the, the jumping cactus, uh, which has, like, they're called the jumping cactus because it has the big leaves, uh, like the petals, like the succulents, 
that have spikes that easily disengage. So it's as if they jump because all you have to do is barely brush them and their spikes wow. snap mm. out and get you. God, how do you survive? You don't. I that, thought Australia the was dangerous. there to kill you. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not called Death Valley. That's what it's called Death Valley. We have a Death Valley, and that's why it's called Death Valley. The whole desert pretty much is built to say, why would you? And Americans, <laughs> being as arrogant as they are, settled in the middle of it and said, you know what? Air conditioning. Take that cactus. <laughs> and once we invented air conditioning, we all had one in front of our home. Saguaro's Everyone had a cat. You either had a saguaro or you had, um, uh, what's the one, the aloe vera? Yeah. Aloe vera yeah. plants. Yeah. Very common. Nobody bought aloe vera in Arizona. You just went outside and broke off your own aloe vera. But isn't it weird that something which is so spiky and hurty to the skin also contains something which is so soft and healing to the Truly, skin? the negging of plants. <laughs> <laughs> it's a kind of beautiful metaphor that only Gina Reinhardt could have imagined. <laughs> well, the barrel cactus is like the great water reservoir. Yeah. So if you get stuck in the desert, uh, if you can find a barrel cactus and you can dig into it properly, it you know, like a coconut, will be full of a liquid. Gee, this is educational, um, isn't can it? Can I ask a desert question? Yeah. How much of a problem in your life is quicksand? Because I spent a lot of my childhood really very worried about quicksand happening to me. Ask a desert question, yeah. get a desert answer. <laughs> I never incur encountered it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be fair, uh, we were warned, and that's why we always had a length of rope and a horse. <laughs> <laughs> At all times. <laughs> Horses get you out. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to think of the other one. The other one was, because uh, you know, hickory comes out of that. Uh, what's the... The skinny, the skinny cactus, mesquite. Mesquite? Mesquite is oh. like a cactus. That's where the mesquite smoke flavor comes from. Oh, yeah, which you put in your barbecue. Yeah. yeah. They sell it at uh, hardware. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a spindled yeah. cactus, and they dry that out in the mesquite wood. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So okay. that's another... It flies around your head at night. <laughs> so there's a, there's, a lot, there's a lot of beautiful, harsh beauty to the desert, but I don't recommend it, yeah. is what I'm saying. <laughs> if you find yourself in an Arizona desert late at night, uh, get yourself to... A Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> so much liquid. That's the best cactus. Better than a barrel. Seven Eleven cactus. Better than a barrel cactus. Comes in four flavors. Get yourself one of those slurpy cactuses. Yeah. And if you're going to shoot one, do it from oh, a distance. Do it from a distance. <laughs> Don't shoot. Wait, wait, you first Don't shoot him. Does he die or does he live? He lives. He lives oh, as, he slowly as does he protected. Is it true that the cactus is protected? Yes. Yeah, it's got it spikes. Really is. It really is. It's legally protected. Legally protected. From shooting. From shooting. <laughs> yeah. Was <laughs> you allowed to shoot anything else? No, but this is the thing. You have to think about who's really being protected, and it's idiots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they'll, they'll lose. The cactus yeah. will be fine. Yeah. They're quite common. So the problem is, if you said you could shoot them, there's a lot of people's front yards. Yeah. There's a lot. America's got a lot of front we had, yards. We had, we had a saguaro in our front yard. It, it was like a big deal to have a saguaro in your front yard, especially if it was of size. And if you, you know, they're dangerous because well, they're not stable. Like they look solid, but they're, you know, they're hollow and, and spindly on the inside uh-huh. and, you know, tenuously clinging to a sandy earth. And once they get to a certain height, they tend to topple anyway. Why do people live in the desert? I always wonder, you know, with the extremes of America, they've got some places. Where I've got a friend who's living in upstate New York. She describes the temperatures every day. It's horrendous. Horrendous. Why, why don't people just move? And, and the desert on the other end, why, why, don't, so why don't people in America just move to a more uh, ordinary climate? This like is the Sydney. same <laughs> argument they had with Moses. <laughs> <laughs> why don't we just go somewhere nice, man? <laughs> Keep promising this place. Well, there's a few. There's a handful of them. Cause that's what Arizona, Arizona is. The respite for the upper New York. We call them snowbirds. 
So all the snowbirds fly in uh, during now Christmas season. They'll come in around now when Arizona during America's winter will sit at a very balmy 15 to 21 for the next three months, which is quite delightful. And they can play golf and enjoy the desert in wearing just a light jumper. <laughs> and then the sun will come back to kill you all. And, and they, 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 they retreat back. Yeah. I'm suspicious. Like I Look, I'm not an expert here. I do not think that you can shoot a eucalypt. Mm-hmm. At the very least, I think it would be frowned upon. I think the staff at the Botanical Gardens would ask you to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got a rule about not shooting eucalypts, but we've also got a rule about not shooting people as yeah, well. that's true. That's a good <laughs> so point. So it's less odd. Unless they're in your eucalypt. <laughs> well, in that case, you have a right. Now, the official photographer to the late Queen has this week revealed that the monarch had only one sensitivity. She didn't like the appearance of her hands and requested that they not feature too prominently in any photograph. So here's my question. What's your worst feature, and how do you disguise it? James Colley. I'm too sexually confident, and I <laughs> disguise it by being in a happy marriage. <laughs> now, physically, what's the, what's the worst? Uh, you, you've got the moustache happening there. Is that the worst? Oh, are you just going to start well, with them for me? What do you think is the worst? If you don't, I will. Oh, I is it your club feet? <laughs> I think it's my fragile sense of self. <laughs> I mask it through humour. Now, there, can't, there must be something when you get out of the shower in the morning and you know, the birds are singing oh, outside yeah. and you're, you stand in front of the mirror and you think, could do better. Yeah, my mirror's too small. <laughs> He's not going to answer. Alice. I'm flawless in photographs. My real worst feature is my personality and I, dis- I, hi- I disguise that by hiring writers. Not to do any of my jokes, all that's me, yes, but yes. Uh, to do my interpersonal conversations. With, with any sort of uh, family members? Yeah, family with, members, yeah. friends, lovers. You with know, uh, any hung- Hungarian Santas that <laughs> yes, might yeah. wander in. <laughs> that's all heavily scripted. Have you, 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 Tommy, do you have a, a, a bad feature? Well, I have yeah. bad features. I just thought it was odd to be so opposite the Queen, though. If we celebrate goodness, I, have, I always... Sort of marbled at my hands. Mm-hmm. I was able to be a hand model, but there's a certain mm-hmm. elegance to the length of my fingers. These are the, the devil's playthings. Yeah. <laughs> my first wife. That was I remember. I was like, you never should ask this question because women are desperately mysterious creatures. Uh, but I said, why? Why did you walk over and say hello? She said, I just love the way that cigarette dangled from your fingers. Mm-hmm. So elegant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. I never would have guessed. So what she liked no, was that you were yeah. trying to kill yourself. <laughs> no, that no. So, Focus on what she said. So disappointed by Elegant his hands. Elegant fingers. It could have been a pencil. <laughs> I think I know my bad feature because I went to the I went to the doctor to have the doctor look at my bad knee, and then I came home and I told my wife what the doctor had said, and I honestly recounted that he'd said. Well, look, you need to do a lot more exercises, and here they are. You have to do all these exercises, and that will make it fine. At least, at least he said. You don't have a weight problem. So I recounted all this to Deborah and I said, I've got to do all these exercises, but at least I don't have a weight problem. And she said, does the man have eyes in his head? <laughs> how did he? And she said, I now distrust all his analysis because how is he, how's the man meant to study the MRIs of your knee if he's so clearly in the care of an optometrist? And then she said, I see he's ignored the elephant in the room. The one called Richard. It's <laughs> very dispiriting. My mum always used to say, uh, you're welcome uh, for, for your waist. Uh, she always was proud that she had an, a, a, oh, okay. a, a trim waist and that I inherited that, but she said, I'm sorry for the knees. Ah, so the knees. And then I, had no, I had no self-consciousness about my knees until she said that. Now I'm like, no, but the knees, no, the knees are fine. The, 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 uh, the, genet- the, the genetically bad knees are fine. Mm. 
for the first decade, second decade, oh. third decade, fourth decade. No, then, no, no. They're, they're strong knees. They're just hideous. Right. <laughs> and we similarly, like my parents used to always come up to me and say, thank you, you're such a waste. But <laughs> 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 yeah. deep ankles, that's my other problem. Very skinny ankles, so I wear shorts and a, my, my, my ankle play in, in mm. short, mm. once the summer comes, draws a few eyes. So you couldn't be one of those uh, chaps who, who, who's the, 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 the very unfortunate thing among young people, they don't seem to be able to afford socks anymore. You wouldn't be able to do that. No, I like socks. I like, like three or four pairs <laughs> to sort of give them some natural girth. But I remember my favourite one, though, was like, you know, occasionally you're like, you're aware, but you just, you know, you've learned to live with it. It's been that way all your life. And one day years ago, I was walking through Melbourne just wearing shorts and I heard somebody yell out. I heard it, but you know, you hear like yell out to you, but I don't think it's me. And she said, yeah, you, with the supermodel ankles. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, that's a much nicer way to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Supermodel right. ankles. Yeah. That's how I'll see it from here on in. And beautiful hands beautiful. to smoke with. <laughs> but doctors, I think doctors sometimes do do that, because I had some urology work done uh, once, and, and the great compliment was uh, as, he, as he cupped my manhood, mm-hmm. these are perfect testicles. Did he really? Perfectly symmetrical testicles. Mm. Perfect. Wow! Perfect mm. testicles. Mm. I, had a, I had a friend who uh, had a hard to uh, hard to put that <clears> on a poster. Yeah, he, he, he had a. You need to find a way. <laughs> he had a strictly. But I like to get it out to every now and then. Did I mention that these perfect testicles will be at the Point Cafe in Boca Beach? <laughs> and you can see them from yourself. You, you come to the front of the stage. Oh, I wear them outside my pants now. <laughs> That's your superhero. Thing. That's my superhero. <laughs> I had a friend who had a testicular cancer scare while holidaying in France, and so they went to the big teaching hospital and. The fellow took them in and took, and it was a teaching hospital, so there were students gathered around. And the professor said, uh, "Well, let me, let me take a history. Is there anything else that could have caused it? Might be testicular cancer, but is there anything else that uh, could have caused it? Uh, for instance, uh, you're on holidays. I wonder if the amount of sexual congress you've been having is more than usual." Mm-hmm. And my friend said, "Well, actually, uh, yeah, we are on holiday, so yes, uh, you know, two or three times a day." And he said, and he then translated into French for the students who all. Shouldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> Very French man. And the professor said, well, that will be your problem on your way. <laughs> By the way, I am running for sexual congress. <laughs> so I need some fundraising raised, but I'm looking very forward. As, as yes. an endorsement, I'd like to say perfect testicles. Perfect. <laughs> uh, who were the winners and losers of this week? Who were they? Uh, I would say the winner would be the human race because of Twitter's demise, and the loser would be specifically me because I was one of the last people draining Twitter for the joy that was left in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last in, first out. Uh, yes, everyone's leaving, I, I notice. I really enjoy Twitter. It's a real shame. Mm. But you think it really is dead? Uh, yeah, look, I think it, it is it's possible that it's dead, but I, I'm I'm for it. I think it's uh, it's been it's, it's been more exciting in the last two weeks than it has been in the last few years. I reckon he's yeah. locked all the staff out now, hasn't he? Until oh yes, Monday or something. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. He's just cackling in an empty <laughs> office at this point. Yeah. It's like the last season of The Sopranos. Like you know that everyone involved is a horrible criminal, but you still <laughs> want to know how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Who were the other winners and losers? Uh, the loser of this week was Sam Bankman-Fried, uh, yes. who was the crypto darling, ran the second biggest crypto trading uh, thing, was living in the Bahamas in a sort of a exciting open relationship with multiple women, microdosing various psychochemicals and... Uh, oh, and, and uh, using beanbags. Using mm. beanbags, important. The beanbags, I think, mm. was what brought him down. And it, <laughs> it, it's this thing of, like, in the 1930s, they separated deposit holding from investment banking so that people would not gamble with the bank's... 
clients' money. That yes. is what happened. And these crypto guys just cannot keep their hands off because it's imaginary money. And his excuse was that he collateralised the debt with money that he'd made up, but he really believed in it. <laughs> well, that's all right then. <laughs> he's fine. That's and he's a friend of famous people. so yeah. that He knows Tom Brady. So if you know Tom Brady, here's all my money. You take yeah, it. Lose exactly. it, please. <laughs> please. Winners and losers. Oh, sorry. The winner of this week is Sam Bankman-Fried for getting away with it for so long. <laughs> so far. Tommy Dean, who were the winners and losers? Uh, you know, this is we're going to spend so much time talking about billionaires and corruption and just crazy use of money and deserts, now that I think about it, and heat that'll kill you and just all that is well about humanity. The World Cup is the winner. Mm -hmm. World Cup of football begins this Sunday, and it couldn't be in a better place. (laughs) Have you read about the conditions for fans? It's going to be so good. Interestingly, the World Cup is what doctors call it when they get to test your testicles. (laughs) 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 The whole world. (laughs) In my cup. Here we go. A layer, layer, layer. (laughs) So the English fans are all living in basically... Uh, containers with uh, ineffective air conditioners strapped onto the side, mm-hmm. whirring like jet engines in order to achieve a boiling heat inside. Yeah, it's yeah. it's horrible for almost everyone there, and um, I try not to delight in English fans having to go through that, but it's <laughs> it's a real struggle for me. <laughs> and the beer, this is the real mm-hmm. thing. Uh, for for a start, you're not allowed until uh, sort of at seven. So if the game starts at four, you'll be allowed a beer at seven. Yeah, and the beer is Budweiser, and it costs twenty dollars. Yeah, I know. I think it's really good as a form of protest that Australia is making sure we definitely don't make it out of the group stage. We're saying like we're going to go, but we're not staying long. We're not endorsing this. Yeah, we're not endorsing this. Charade. It's gruesome. It's just so horrible and hateful, and I can't believe it came to that. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the loser of the week is all the rest of humanity who can't buy a ticket to see Taylor Swift. <gasps> Taylor Swift, so mightily popular that she smashed Ticketek. I No, I think this is a good thing. I think this is a wonderful thing. Ticketek are just bandits for, like, scraping money out of both the, the, the artist and the purchaser. I'm hoping the Taylor Swift fans mobilise, and if anyone can take down Ticketek, it's them. Uh, Could they move on to savvy. Twitter now? Yeah, there's tech savvy, they're ruthless... And they're teenage girls. The <laughs> and there's obsession. that many of them. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. loser is going to be Tick Attack because of Taylor Swift. They're mm. bringing her down. Yeah. She somehow has all top ten Billboard hits at once. How's that even possible? That makes no sense. That's not how music works. Do you it remember the Maradona Hand of God where Maradona reached out and cupped Tommy's testicles for just a moment? <laughs> and that was a World Cup we all are now trying to forget. Please thank Alice Fraser, James Colley and Tommy Dean. Thank you. Thank you. Who dig themselves out by unleashing rampant tax. The end result is sending Australian investment, growth and jobs <laughs> offshore. More poetry from <laughs> Gina Reinhardt. Direction is uh, next week, call. Alice will be back with uh, here music from the cast of Nice Work If You Can Get It, the George Gershwin musical. Until then, I'm Richard Glover. This is Gina Reinhardt. <laughs> <Through such laughs> Thank God it's Friday! Seriously, too much they abuse are perfect. Is perfect.